Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tenderness see? Who through life has been my guide? personally applied. It is a profound personal projection of promise. How's that? This is the thing. When you study this book out, you see so much. It's a beautiful love story with many lessons for you and I. It goes beyond that. It's a picture of the church, but it's your story and my story too. The book of Ruth. It's more than just four chapters of history, four chapters of an ancient love story. It's a picture of God's overwhelming love for all of us and what he did for us. If you have eyes to see. Now, to understand this better, I want to quote Jesus. That's a good one to quote, right? I love the red letters. We know (laughs) it's Jesus. And what did Jesus say about the scripture? What did he say about the scripture? In John 5, 39, he told the religious leaders, he said this, you search the scriptures for in them, you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. The whole Bible testifies of Jesus Christ. You can think I'm crazy, but go dive in. Because what else did Jesus say? I love the road to Emmaus. I love that story of those two disciples that are walking with Jesus. And he gives them the Bible study of all Bible studies. Oh, could you imagine Jesus teaching you the entire Bible? But we read this in Luke 24, 25 through 7, or 27 says this. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. The Bible is about our king. The Bible is about our great kinsman redeemer. And we're going to look at that principle of kinsman redeemer today, more so next week. But remember this, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. All 66 books of this beautiful and wonderful Word of God speaks of our Messiah, our King, our Lord. And so as we study out this book, remember that Naomi is a picture of the Jewish people. Ruth is a picture and a type of the Gentile church. And Boaz is a picture and type of Christ, our great kinsman redeemer. And we'll see many pictures and types in this book. But I want us to be able to see those layers. I want you to see those layers for yourself. I was talking about this before service. When we teach inductive Bible study method, it's great. Observation, interpretation, application. But there's one element of that you can't teach. Those things which are spiritually discerned. Those things which you have to have spiritual eyes to see. That's why the Lord taught in parables. These things are to be seen spiritually. But again, this book is so much more than that. Now last week we saw Naomi. She wanted to be known as bitter. She returned home to Israel And we saw this this beautiful Moabite woman, this Gentile woman, return with her because she had come to know the one true God of Israel. 
and she returned, and she was faithful to Naomi. And now in Ruth chapter 2, we're going to see the rest of the story. Verse 1 and 2. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him, in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. Father, this is your word, your powerful word. We know that every word is God-breathed, and so God, let your word sink deep into our hearts. Help it to change us, Lord, from the inside out. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear your word and your truth. God, pour out your spirit upon us so that we can recognize you in every page. We praise you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so at first we see this relative of Naomi. Uh, Actually, it's a relative of her deceased husband, Elimelech. Now, we don't know what kind of relative, probably a cousin of some sort, but a relative nonetheless. And while some translations, they actually use the word kinsman here, where it says relative, that's not the word being used. The word here that, that is for relative here is moda, and it means relative. It just means that. Later in this chapter, we're going to see the word for kinsman, which is goel. And that's a powerful word, and we'll talk about that. We'll look at that later. But Boaz is a relative, therefore we know he does qualify as a kinsman. And we know he's a man of great wealth, but that can also be translated a mighty man of valor. That may sound familiar to some of you. But Boaz, we know, was a good man. He was a wealthy man, a man of high character. He was a devout man. He loved the Lord. He was gracious and compassionate. And we're going to see he was very kind. He was kind. You know, this is something the world tends to overlook, but, you know, kindness. It's in short supply these days. But kindness is very powerful. When you especially believe and think and realize how kind our Lord has been to us. Kindness is a powerful uh, character Uh, part of our character that we need to have. Each one of us needs to be kind. But here's the thing about that. Kindness usually goes hand in hand with a man of character, and he is a man of character. And even his name is powerful. Boaz means standing in strength. And we know he's from the tribe of Judah, okay? We know that, but his name means standing in strength. He's a wealthy man of Bethlehem. And here's the thing. If you know anything about Solomon and 1 Kings and the temple and the building of the temple... One of the things to recognize is Solomon, the great-great-grandson of Boaz. He put these two beautiful pillars in the vestibule, in the entryway of the temple. They were bronze pillars, and he named them. One of them he named after his great-great-grandfather. In 1 Kings 7.21, we read this. Then he, that's speaking of Solomon, set up the pillars by the vestibule of the temple. He set up the pillar on the right and called its name Yakin. That name means he shall establish And he set up the pillar on the left and called its name Boaz, standing in strength. It's a beautiful picture of the temple. He shall establish standing in strength. That's speaking of the Lord. But what a legacy. What a legacy that the wisest man who ever lived, the great-great-grandson of Boaz, names one of these beautiful pillars in the temple after him. This is who Boaz is. And again, he's a picture and type of Christ. Of course, he's a good man. But we're going to see that he was a wealthy man of character, a relative of Elimelech. And we're going to see today that God's providence intervened several times in the book of Ruth. Ruth speaks to Naomi and she asks her to go glean in the fields. And for those who don't understand gleaning, it's just really for the poor and the fatherless and the widows who who couldn't provide. They were allowed to go into the fields and take 
the crops that had fallen to the side. Deuteronomy 24.19 is one of the passages that explains this in the law of God. When you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go, shall not go back and get it. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. This is beautiful because God made provision for the poor, but he also made provision for the rich. Do you understand this benefits both? Those wealthy landowners, God wanted them to have a heart of sharing. He wanted them to share what they had. And for those who were poor, he wanted to keep their dignity. He wanted to allow them to work for it, to earn this wasn't welfare. This wasn't a handout. This went right to the dignity of the, of the person. He said, to the rich, this is good for you to share and be generous. To the poor, this is good for you because you will work for it. You will go out and you will glean the fields. It was perfect because remember what even Paul says. Um, Paul said this in, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. He said that if a man will not work, neither shall he eat. God knows. It's a biblical principle. You know, us men, we kind of know. <laughs> you know, one of the things, I didn't plan to mention this, but I will. I've only been unemployed one time in my life. It was for a short spurt. It was the most miserable time of my life, and I drove everyone nuts. I promise you that. Um, it's not good for a man not to work. But, you know, there's something in us that when we work and we earn something, it, it's, dig it's dignifying. There's good things involved. Now, there was also provision in the Scripture for those who couldn't do anything physically, they were taken care of as well. This isn't them. I'm not talking about people who aren't physically able to work. I'm talking about those who were. God made provision for them to earn it. And he also, like I said, he wanted the wealthy to share and be generous. And so we see that Ruth's character in all of this, she's willing to work for it. Verse 2 and 3, Please let me go into the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come... Note that, to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Did you notice that? She just happened to show up at the right field at the right time. This field belonging to Boaz. You know, I talk about providence, and many people don't understand what divine providence really is. You know, miracles are those things where God intervenes in the natural through the supernatural. Those are miracles. But divine providence is, is different. Divine providence, maybe, you know, Romans 8.28, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. God's divine providence is at work all the time, where his hand is just working in the natural. I call it divine appointments. Have you ever had one of those? <laughs> where God just directs things. And I think when we get to heaven and we see all the times that God just directed little things and we think they're coincidence, it's divine providence. We're going to be overwhelmed with how many, God, how many times God intervened in our life with just a little move of the hand of God to get us in the right place at the right time. Divine providence, it's a beautiful thing. And the providence continues in all of this because Boaz is just going to happen to show up at the field at that moment. Do you understand what's going on here? God is directing things in a natural way. The hand of God is beautiful. Look at this too, because we're going to find out more about Boaz as he shows up to his field at this exact moment. We're going to see more about his character. Verse 4, Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. 
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.